And we're live. Um, what's up, guys? Uh, Chris Marler here. Welcome back into another episode of Cultural Uncensored. We've got a lot to get to today. We've got a special guest host as Tyler is out of town on spring break. Um, I told him, you know, I think he needs to start taking this podcast a little bit more seriously, but it's his senior year and you only get one senior year of spring break unless you're like me and you went to college for six years. Nonetheless, we are joined with our good buddy Chris Gordy back again to gloat in our faces because LSU has won yet another championship, even though it is in women's basketball, which I know a lot of our listeners from the comment sections I've seen got a little riled up this weekend. We're going to talk about all that as well with uh, Angel Reese and Caitlin Cook. How are you, man? I'm good. I actually, over the past couple of years doing um, my SEC podcast and all that, it's like I've become just more of a fan of the SEC. So like it, like any time just the conference is winning championships, which we do a lot. Yeah. Uh, back-to-back women's championships. Baseball's won several. Uh, football's won re- re- like three, four in a row. Something four in stupid. a row. Yeah. Five so, yeah, you know, it's no big deal. It's just SEC just keeps dominate, dominating. I don't know what that basketball game was the other night in uh, Houston with uh, the, <laughs> Az- the Aztecs and the uh, the Huskies, whatever that was. But, well, uh, you two know. teams that both beat Alabama, so I was happy with it. Um, UConn, like we're gonna we're gonna get to all of it. I'll tell you guys what's on the docket. Also, good to see everybody in the live stream chat. Really great, Ben Diesel, Eddie Buza. I'm glad you guys found it. So is Meth. I don't even know that's about. Oh, he's okay. <laughs> Creature comforts, so good. Um, yeah, you know what? We'll start this off as like a, a form. Like we, I used to start all the shows. I mean, Gordy, where are you from? What you drinking right now? Um, I'm from New Orleans, and uh, we're drinking some. Uh, Crawford Bach. I love Car- that. I love that can. Carbach Brewing with the uh, Astros logo on there. Is everything. This looks like looks like some. It look. I'll say it looks like Asian porn. You can't. Why is everything? <laughs> <laughs> you can't. It's like why are we? Why are we blurred? Yeah. Uh, what's up, beard dog? Good to have all of you in here. I appreciate it. Um, let's just get. It. Let's just talk about it right off the top. Because here's here's the topics for tonight. All right. Before we get into it. We're going to talk about Caitlin Clark and Angela Classless Reese and the debacle. Angel. What's that? You said Angela. Angel. Oh, Angel. Well, you know, it's because I don't take her seriously, dude, after that classless act of sportsmanship. And you guys know I love my sportsmanship. Racist. Um, we're going to talk the final four. We're going to talk the top five cultural rivalries. I want to hear from you guys as well what your top five favorite rivalries are. We're going to talk a little bit about the draft, some dumb stuff that Colin Coward said, which is stupid, but we'll talk about it anyway. Some pro day stuff I meant to get to last week. And then whatever else you guys have for questions and all that good stuff. Now, the the news of the week that has dominated headlines everywhere is that my Twitter account has gone to be with Coach Bryant, and it's gone. Uh, it was permanently suspended as of yesterday. So Vern Funquist is no more. Um, those of you asking, I posted a questionable at best April Fool's joke. Uh, about a sex tape involving Kirby Smart and a former wife or head coach, former Florida head coach's wife. Didn't list any names, but it was reported by one of the Georgia fans that followed me who seemed sad, reported for disinformation. Um, And then once they started their review on Twitter, I got permanently suspended because it said I was uh, guilty of impersonation of TMZ Sports because I made my profile the TMZ Sports logo. And I spelled it with two Z's. So that's where I'm at this week. Oh, okay. I see. Somebody screenshotted your your tweet. I see it now. Where are you seeing it? Um, some guy screen screen grabbed it. Bobby Wilson. Oh, yeah. That's not even the real tweet. Oh, it's not? No, that was like a joke that I sent to a group of people. And, and it was like that was the original thing. I didn't use any names. I didn't use any of that shit. But maybe that's Maybe that's what they got you on, because this looks like you're really reporting this. It says a sex tape featuring Kirby that's Smart. Not, that's not the real tweet. I deleted the tweet. It was up for an hour. Wow. It was up for a fucking hour. Me and Trump got his back. Ben Diesel commenting in. <laughs> um, it's just it's I'm just it pisses me off. And then of course you didn't put anything in there though that this is parody. It's it looks like you're really reporting that, and so I can see this on Saturday for an hour for April Fools, and I don't know why you're starting the show with siding with Twitter. <laughs> it's, you put it's fake news, bro. You got to put it in there that this is a joke. J.K. It was up uh, for an hour. That's lo- that's long enough to damage lives, Christopher. I just I love that I love the fact that like 
because there was one fan base dancing on my grave. There's probably multiple, but there was one fan Tennessee, base dancing on my Georgia. grave. Georgia. Just Georgia. And it was all about like I, I saw like all these comments about it. And it's like, fuck that guy. This is the best news of the day. I love this. Also the shit. And then somebody was like, somebody like quote tweeted and there was like, um, add this to the growing list of things along with his fiance that he's not allowed to see anymore. And I was like, man, fuck you. Like wow. It's just, it was, it got, yeah, I am too, Ben, but I'm back on Twitter. Grouchy, grouchy bastard says he's a Bama guy and a Biden voter. So he's going to be a sore loser with bad judgment. <laughs> Man, they're just, really what it says? that's really what it says. <laughs> Sorry. He's not wrong. Like there's like nothing wrong. That, like everything he said there. I mean, like, you know, we're not going to get into that. Anyway, but there's a new there's a new Twitter account. It's Vern Funquist, just minus the E. I would love and appreciate everyone to go follow it as I try to resurrect my career out of the ashes on Easter week. Um, my mom, she pointed out the best part of this. And that was in her exact words. And I quote, if you would have kept your ass off Twitter like you said you were going to do during Lent, none of this would have happened. And I was like that is very correct yeah wasn't that the deal wasn't that what the you said on <laughs> <laughs> lasted a week and then i lost the account like uh it's it's a whole thing anyway there's a um i appreciate all you guys still tuning in and and um following from uh following me from beyond the grave uh the twitter grave if you will but we have chris gordy here from the locked on sec podcast we have a lot of stuff to talk about where do you want to start final four um, yeah, I think that's, that's a pretty big deal. We had two SEC teams in the, in the women's final four, the, mm -hmm. the women's final four by itself was just so much more awesome and entertaining. Yeah. And I say that as somebody who I get it. I know most people aren't fans of women's basketball. Right. I know it became very in vogue and cool over the last two years to be like, yeah, watch women's basketball. You don't like dude, a lot of the games over the years. It's just been, it's been tough to watch bad shooting percentages, all that yeah. the game has elevated and this tournament particularly into the final four, we had four elite teams that all shot at great percentages. You had superstars. You had everything the men's tournament didn't have. And right. that's what, that's what made it so much more fun. So I completely agree with all of that. Um, I, so, and, and I will, I will say this too. I'm, I'm trying to get to a place where like, we're like, we always try to be as brutally honest as possible. Women's basketball is not like women's softball. I fucking love it. It's, it's like, it's like, yeah, SEC softball, I mean, far and yeah. away the best. In Oklahoma as well, like, you know, they're like defending national champions, all that kind of stuff. Um, but all that being said, like, watching watching women's basketball is sometimes tough. And I'll, I'll tell you where it's toughest, to be a thousand percent honest. In the paint. It's when they get under the rim, the amount of missed shots is is like, it. sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's not comical, it's not the right word, but it's like, but these teams, like we watch, we watch this all the time where it's like, it's just chalk, right? It's like whoever the one seeds are, it's like who, like last year, the NCAA men's tournament had the four blue bloods of like all blue bloods, right? Kansas, Duke, UNC, Villanova. And it's like an all time final four matchup and people tuned in and it was awesome. You kind of have like that. It seems like almost every year and at times with, with like women's basketball, like it seems like UConn or Tennessee or somebody like that, they're going to be in there. This was very different. And you had you had a three seed, you had a two seed. You have, of course, you had your two ones, but you had the one seed getting knocked off on Friday night. You also had something I thought was a little bit different. The, the Friday-Sunday setup is significantly better. Yeah. In terms of like viewing pleasure and like 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 now Saturday primetime for the final four, love that. But I don't think you're losing anything if you move it to a Friday. I don't. Um, well, and, and the, the women's game, I'll just say this, they should have like that, the championship game on a Sunday, move it to prime time, move it to six o'clock on a Sunday, two 30 on a Sunday on ABC. Like, come so, on. So I don't mean to interrupt. I hate when people say that because they always do. So I, I did mean to interrupt. You absolutely did. Shut up. <laughs> this, is, this is why we're friends. Um, no. So I, I saw this and I, on my, I, I did what I always do. And I overreacted on Twitter. And I said, I saw this and I was like, why the hell is the women's game? I, and I, I, I get on like my guide, right? And I see ESPN is showing an XFL game. Then it says ESPN two women's basketball national title game. And I was like, women's basketball national championship games at a three 30 on ESPN two 
this is bullshit. We need to do better or whatever. I was like the typical stereotype of like overreactive on social media. Um, that being said, I reach out to uh, Amanda Brooks, who is the PR person for SEC Network and ESPN. She does a tremendous job. You guys have heard me talk about it before. Love her to death. One of my favorite people, just full of energy, always got a smile on her face, no matter how many things she's doing. She's, she's like 40 minutes before the broadcast. And I, I like start bitching at her about this whole thing. And she, I was like, why, what is this? Like, why, who do I need to yell at? And she's like, you don't need to yell at anybody because the, the broadcast on ESPN two was the Sue bird, Diana Taurasi broadcast. Right. And for the first time in women's history, the women's national championship history, the national title game was on broadcast television for the entire country, not ESPN, not cable broadcast national television. So that's why they had it at three 30. Now, could they have started at seven and probably canceled out America's Funny Some Videos, which is somehow still airing? I didn't know until yeah. that. Um, probably so. Oh, that's but, true. They, they had American Idol. Maybe you couldn't have cut in uh, Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, he's not. Is he even on it anymore? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm all those. Luke Bryan. And Luke Bryan. He's the worst. Um, but anyway, so they show this game, or they show the game on Friday night. You have Iowa versus now against Carolina. And you see Caitlin Cook, and if you guys are Caitlin Clark, I don't know why I keep calling Caitlin Cook. Caitlin Clark, and if you hadn't watched her or heard of anything she had been doing all year, I you started seeing some of this happen because like a lot of their games were on Sundays, and I would see it like on the Sports Center um, episode, like the recap from like SVP. She's tremendous, and the reason I started following along is because they were started comparing her scoring to Iowa football. <laughs> oh <like> yeah, <laughs> tremendously bad. Um, the game on Friday night. She puts up 41 points, back-to-back 40 points games. Like, like- well, both both games, the LSU game and Virginia Tech, that was a good one before because Virginia yeah. Tech's got this big girl who's a center who's really good, and it was like her versus Angel Reese, and then this little Aussie Australian guard who, like, she could shoot threes at a ridiculous rate. Right. So, like, that was a good match, and they jumped up to a big lead on LSU, and it was like, oh, well, I guess there you go. It's over. And then LSU comes storming back in the second half, and then they t- they flip it. They get a big lead. Right. And they t- so that was the good, entertaining first game. And then, yeah, like you said, Iowa and South Carolina in the second game. And, yeah, I'd, I had followed Caitlin Clark throughout the tournament because people were like, she's like Steph Curry, dude. And so I had to watch it. And she literally pulls up from, like, two feet in front of the logo. She's shooting threes that, like, look like bad shots, but they go in. And it's like, right. holy God. So, I mean, yeah. So, yeah. I I had on Friday, I, I took into the gambling of it. Of course I did. And so I was like, all right, I'm taking Iowa plus 11. I'm taking the under. The under was 152. They had 144 combined points with like two and a half minutes ago, and I'm just sweating it out. Um, but Caitlin Clark, like I, I just started cracking up. because, like, you know I love prop bets and all that kind of shit. And, and like her props were like 25 points, which is a lot of points. 25 points. She was minus 475. And I was like, what the fuck is going on right yeah. now? Like, like, so her Vegas set her line at 33 and a half. I think she ended up with like 31. Um, the game was incredible on Sunday. Now we got to get into the controversy a little bit. By the way, her, her over under on Sunday was minus 31 and a half. 33. Or is that what it was up to? My buddy's yeah. like, dude, do we bet this? I'm like, she's going to hit that dude. Like it's ridiculous. Over 30 points. She was minus 190. I, I, I took a flyer at, at her scoring 50. I'll be honest. <laughs> it was plus 1200. And I was like, somebody talked me out of it. No one did. I took it. Um, but Kaylin Clark and then and Angel Reese, man, just a Pepper says hello, guys. Um, okay. Uh, it was an awesome, awesome game on Sunday. And then LSU kind of pulled away. You brought up the fact that, you know, they were losing, I think it was 57 50 going into the, the fourth quarter um, against what do you call it? Um, against Virginia Tech. They come back. Now, the, the shit that followed from this was Angel Reese talking shit to Caitlin Clark in the final yeah. seconds of the seconds of the game. She does the, you can't see me. And then right. she's pointing to the ring finger. But oh, what you had to know about this was all throughout the tournament. Caitlin Clark's been doing this to other people. Mm-hmm. She's been doing the, you can't see me when they beat South Carolina. She jumped up on the thing. And she's like, ah, screaming. Yeah. And like, but you, that's what you came to like about Caitlin Clark. Right. Like that's, she's a shit talker. And like, this is fun. And she's kind of like, it, she, she's, looks like the girl next door yet she yeah. scores like Steph Curry and talks trash like uh I don't know run our test so yeah. like it was that's <laughs> that's what you came to like about her but yeah it, it in that moment like I'll tell you this as watching the game as it wind down my my immediate reaction was oh she's just getting 
thrown back at her, which she's right. been doing. That was all, that was my thought. So my thought was this, and it, it blew up everywhere. And I think there were a, whether anybody wants to admit it or not, I think there were a lot of undertones as to why opinions were made on either side. Um, whether it's like, that's your team, you know, you, you whatever, whatever it is. And I'm not going to get into the other stuff. Caitlin Clark did this. They show video of her, like, like, you know, like pushing off like the fucking South Carolina player. She's like, yeah, whatever. Take that shot. Like, I, you know, I'm not guarding you. Um, told the one girl who was legit from Louisville, the blonde girl, um, like, I can't remember her name, uh, but like basically, you know, shut up, you're down by 15, all that kind of shit. It was awesome. It was awesome to watch. Now, that being said, I do think Angel Reese kind of like tracked her down to, to talk shit. But the end all be all of this discussion came out today because even Caitlin Clark was like, I don't care. Right. I, like, Caitlin Clark said two things, I think, that will endear her to fans even more. But she was like, yeah, let her talk shit. Like, I'm a competitor. She's a competitor. She won. And then the other thing that was like fucking Biden administration tried to pull, a, they were like, we're going to bring both teams to the White House. And she was like, that's not my trip to the White House. Like, like LSU won. They should go to the White House. I had zero problem with Angel Reese. Anybody that's watched this, this podcast or listened to this podcast or whatever knows that sportsmanship is like not even remotely close to the top 25 things I care about in sports. Can we go back in time and do that from the game two years ago where Georgia beat Bama? If, if Biden comes out and goes, you know what? Let's bring Bama to the White House too. <laughs> Bryce, Bryce Young played well enough. It's not his fault his receivers got hurt. Let's Can you bring imagine both what teams. Georgia fans would have said? I mean, and, uh, you know, William Gray brings up a good point. He says in the comments, he says, I love trash talk. If you played any kind of sports, you know how it is. Totally true. Totally true. And the, and the other thing is this. I do think that part of it was like, like the two main components are, I do think Angel Reese tracked her down. She walked after, which Caitlin Clark didn't do as much. She did the, you can't see anything, but she didn't like go track down a player and say anything. I, but it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. Right. And the classless thing is so fucking stupid because it's like, you know, I, I just, I thought it was, I feel like so many people were talking out of both sides of their mouth. It was comical at best to see Dave Portnoy of all people being like, what a classless piece of shit. It's like, bro, get, oh, take out your fucking Rolodex of employees. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. I, I, uh, and by the way, speaking of like classless, I, even in the playoffs, the NFL playoffs this year, there was a team that was up on another team in the final seconds and they were waving by. Right. Like that's kind of classless, right? It's like they yeah. deserve to be here. Bye. Get off my field. Like see right. ya. Like that's again, it's all within the the realm of sport of, of trash talk. I think what right. some people some people felt like if if Angel Reese had turned to her bench and was just doing you can't see me and pointing her the ring finger, I think people wouldn't have cared. It right. was at the cameras caught it right when she was directed right. directed to Caitlin Clark. And again, it, it is what it is. Clark. But you have to understand, like, this is the girl who's been doing this the whole right. tournament. And she right. got it put back at her. This wasn't like some right. timid little girl that Angel Reese was like, yeah, you like that shit? Like, yeah. you know, it was it was in the moment. And, and and then people found photos. You forget Angel Reese played at Maryland last year. They played each other when she was at Iowa and she right. was at Maryland. And so, like, they have a little history together. So it, it, it was all ridiculous. But, it, but what it does is it brings out the – the people who are who who stand by the you go shake that man's hand and you tell him good game you know like it brings out those people and it's like that's classless I can't yeah. believe that I just I just sportsmanship is so fucking overrated and I like there's there's like here's the thing if if and I I this is how I always felt if I ever the moment I put on a uniform the moment I stepped over like that white line going onto a diamond or whatever. I, or if it's fucking Papa shot in Baton Rouge at walk-ons, like I, I want to win. I want to win every time they're going to keep score. And, and the thing is, I think if she wasn't talking to Caitlin Clark, which became like America's like sweetheart and the girl next door thing. And to be honest, if she wasn't this like small white girl that I think people felt like they need to stick up for, for some reason, these are two grown ass women. Right. They don't need any of us to defend them. I love the way it was handled on both sides. It was great. And yes, I still own the top score at Papa Shot at, at Walk-Ons in Baton Rouge. So anytime I get a chance to bring that up, I will. Um, let's talk a little football since we're 20 minutes into the College Football Uncensored podcast. Um, <laughs> um, it's the offseason. So it's like, what are you going to do? What, do you, which, what would you like to talk about first? Will, Levis, will Levis's hot-ass body 
Cam Newton coming back from pro day a couple weeks ago because the seven talks about it. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 not going to happen. That's that's yeah. done. Look, there's plenty of great leagues. There's the XFL. There's the USFL. There's retirement. There's Go retirement. There's TV. I think Cam would be tremendous as a commentator. But uh, here's the other thing too. Like, I think Cam actually, like, if he'd be willing to take this role. That last season where he was like they, in goal line plays, stretching mm -hmm. out, like he is still very good at that. If he wanted to, like almost like how the Saints use Taysom Hill, if he wanted right. to embrace that role, he could play another five, ten years in the NFL and be the goal line specialist. All right, we got yeah. a first and goal from the two. In comes Cam Newton and Wildcat, and boom, stretch out, touchdown. Thanks, Cam. High five. Right. You know, like he could do that, but starting quarterback in the NFL. No, come on, man. That, yeah. that, that train's passed. Completely agree. I thought it was funny. I thought it was, it was sometimes I forget how much teams, especially in the South and especially teams that don't win a lot of titles. And that is shit talk. Um, love to prop up players. And, and like, listen, Georgia fans, you guys have won titles now, but like that there's a reason why. Herschel was always brought up in comments or the RBU thing, or like, you know, he's better than Bo and same for Auburn fans. It's the reason why Tennessee fans will celebrate Peyton Manning forever more than they will celebrate T Martin, even though one of them won them a championship the year after Peyton Manning left. There's like some families that they have, you have to rally around like a player and Auburn was obviously doing that. And it's, it's, it's whatever the comment made in the, or like the, the thing left here in the comments by again, our, our buddy Willie Gray, bless you here, Pepper. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but the NFL draft is this month. And there's there's like from what I what I would bet, I don't know this to be true, but what I can only imagine, you're gonna start seeing every team in the NFL try to trade up for the number one spot, no matter what their need is, because they're all gonna try to draft Anthony Richardson number one overall. He hit the roof, dude. <laughs> Anthony Richardson at his pro day hit the roof. And the collective world of college football lost their minds. What, would, what did you think about that? I'm pretty, I'm pretty dialed in on this stuff because uh, I, you know, my my radio gig. We talk about the Houston Texans who have the number two pick. Yeah. And um, everything I've heard and everybody we've talked to is it's at this point right now it's pretty consensus. C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are one and two, right. and that if the draft started tonight, the Panthers would take C.J. Stroud one and Bryce Young would go number two to the Texans. After that. This thing is wide open. Some yeah. people think if the if the Cardinals stay at three, they're going to take Will Anderson out of Alabama. I but agree. after that, we've heard everything from the Colts are in love with Will Levis to the Colts really like Anthony Richardson to Seattle at five will take Anthony Richardson. There's another, there's another thought that Baltimore, if they can't get this stuff figured out with Lamar Jackson, they could trade up and go get you know, Anthony Richardson or something. Right. There, was a, there was a mock draft I saw today had the, pa the Patriots taking Anthony Richardson. So... And that's on the heel of uh, they're you know, trying Anthony to trade. And Bill, Bill Belichick would just be a nightmare situation. Yeah, that's like I, those two just don't click to me. Like I'm, oh, I'm like he's he always takes like the the white system quarterback guy. Like I, I don't know. It, it would be very, it'd be out of character for uh, for uh, Belichick. But anyway, like it's all over the place right now. But you're right, Anthony Richardson and Will Levis both wild at the combine. But mm -hmm. three people I've talked to this week alone have said. If you're looking for the highest ceiling, mm -hmm. highest upside, it's Anthony Richardson because of just his skill set, what he can bring, his running ability. Right. If he can improve as a passer, which we saw Jalen Hurts just do. Exactly. Like, the sky's the limit for Richardson. And I think if you're talking about from a ceiling standpoint, Levis is probably right after him in terms of, like, where the ceiling is. But here's the thing. At some point, as a scout, your job is to, to weigh that out and to also be like, hey, here's this boatload of tape that I have. Here's all this. Here's all this happening here. Um, there's all this tape that we have to watch. Levis can't, can't like bench press his way out of 23 interceptions in two years in the SEC. And again, one of those years, he had three NFL offensive linemen and Wandell Robinson at receiver, right? Like Anthony Richardson. 17 to nine touchdown interception ratio. I just like it's it it has the the NFL draft. It's to some extent has has kind of slowly shifted into this what I grew up around version of the MLB draft, which is I remember there's a kid I played with in college. I don't remember his fucking name. He was six nine and which was nice. 
and he was left-handed and he he threw 84 miles an hour tops he threw a combined nine innings in college nine he got drafted three separate times because <laughs> he was six nine and everyone was like oh he's a lefty you're gonna get that run you know like there's a project and all this kind of shit and it was like like I, I get it. Like and sometimes you've seen like Mike Vick got drafted in Major League Baseball, and you see some of these people that are Johnny Manziel, kids. Russell Wilson, right? Um, and well, Wilson also played baseball and hit like three thirty something like that at NC State. Kyler but Murray like, was the first round pick. Yeah, he's like number nine overall. But I mean, all that kind of stuff. It, I feel like the NFL draft and the combine allows people to do this. We just get enamored with like how it's like the steroid era type thing in baseball. Like how like. How far can you throw this ball? Like how, you know, anyway. But the whole thing about Anthony Richardson hitting the roof, I thought was so fucking stupid. And I put up a video on TikTok about it um, that went viral. And when I say viral, I mean it had hundreds of views. Um, <laughs> but it was like, it was like this whole thing where people are freaking out. It's like, this is who he is. Like he he could have thrown it through the roof probably if he wanted right. to. Well, look. It's make him great at playing quarterback. As somebody who was at Jamarcus Russell's pro day at LSU, Ooh. he literally took a knee mm -hmm. and threw it like this, yeah, over fifty yards, and like it, everybody was wild by it. And I yeah. and I remember turning to my friend, going, "Yeah, but how often are you ever going to do that in an NFL game? Like, right, you'll be down. At what at what point does football have to come in here and not just wow, look at right. that skill set? You know what I mean? And, and and to your point, like potential." Everybody right. falls in love with potential. The NBA did it for years. I mean, how many guys like these dudes that go one and done, they play like eight minutes off the bench at Kentucky, and then they go 13th overall in the draft. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, yeah, like who's the guy? Shaden Sharp, who like barely play, played like no games at Kentucky, goes top 10. It's like, wait a minute. Well, they're like, oh, potential. Yeah, but like he never did it. We never saw yeah. him do it in college. Like, yeah. how do we know he's going to be any good? So, yeah, it, it's, um, it's, it's what people fall in love with. But again, like Richardson, we all saw him in college. There was some really good moments. The Utah game was phenomenal. Then there was the second half of the Kentucky game where he looked right. god awful. Right. And, you know, some people have said how much of it was play calling and Billy Napier to blame. How much of it was lack of receivers? Like, yeah. quick name, name a Florida receiver from the last two years. Like, they were, them. yeah, they were very average. So right. I get all that. But um, I don't know, man. I, I just, I think Richardson should go top, you know, first round. I just don't think he should go top five. I do think there's a part of the story that's really fun to watch in terms of because because like the draft is like you now you hate this movie, but oh, draft is an objectively good movie. No, that movie this is the worst fucking movie ever. You said the F word? Is that the first time you said this on the podcast? The guy trades up to the number one pick and doesn't know who he's taking. And Maybe like does it. His Maybe scouts the whole time. His scouts are watching film of guys for the first time on draft day. Like Jesus oh, Christ, yeah, <laughs> like dude, true. do your homework. <laughs> like, uh, Dennis Leary's like, oh man, who's this guy? Like, you don't even know who the top running back in the draft yeah, any, is. Anybody in the top first round is like, you've got to at least know the names, like that that part. But I, and there is still, there's still definitely a part of me that, like, even though I love Mac Jones, there's a part of me that, and, like, and shout out by the way, shout out to to Dave Portnoy once again, and whoever else that saw I saw this tweet today that were. This was not a conspiracy theory. This was them saying, like, they thought this was really happening, which was, um, like, you got to think that, that Belichick is committed to Mac Jones because he brought in Bill O'Brien, who worked with Jones when he was in college. And it's like, just fucking Google it, man. He wasn't, he was the head yeah. coach of the, the Texans through 2020. Steve Sarkeesian was the, the offensive coordinator. But the whole thing of, like, he, he was getting Deshaun massages at the time. That's that. We're, we're not going to get into that. Um, That'll be at the end. That's the uncensored moment of the week. Um, but just the idea of like Anthony Richardson and who he is and like this ex exciting, explosive athlete who is like, he is going to change an organization no matter what. For the good or the bad, he is going to take them to either new heights and progress and maybe he does the Jalen Hurts thing. I would love to see these guys at some point do the Aaron Rodgers thing, not the drugs or the, I mean, I do love his sleep cycle. I will say that. But like not the drugs. I think like dating an actress who doesn't use deodorant. Oh, is he doing that now? Well, he did that. Oh, who was that? That was that girl. What was her name? Olivia Wilde? Who? No, mm -hmm. the, the one after that, the weirdo girl. No. Well, I just want to see Anthony Richardson be in a room with Bill Belichick. I'm like, well, we were real excited <laughs> to take Anthony. And I think that Anthony is going to come in here and he's going to do some things. And 
We'll see as long as he understands this. Like I just, you know, we should do the podcast just as like an ASMR now. Of just Bill, yeah. Bel- Bill Belichick like, ASMR. I like your arm. <laughs> you got a pretty mouth and a rocket for a right arm, and uh, I would love to see what it's capable of. Anyway, so that being said, I love the storyline that it's creating because it kind of keeps this like ongoing narrative between college football and the NFL and going into it, where because like Georgia fans have been very outspoken about how much Anthony Richardson is not good. But I also kind of get why, because in the games they played against him, he didn't really look good. And the other side of that is like, you turn on the tape and you see a kid like Hinton Hooker or Stetson Bennett, I don't care how old they are, because this isn't the MLB. And if you're 25, it's not like the ceiling on you playing in this league of the NFL is closing dramatically. We just saw Tom Brady finally exit. Like they're, they're, they're changing the rule. <laughs> What's up Clark Fudge. Um, they're changing the rules more and more where it's like, you don't, you don't like, you can't get hit. So these players, I think, especially that position are going to be able to have like a lot more longevity. So I don't think it's going to matter with the age with, with Stetson and, and with, uh, with Hendon as much. Did you catch the Stetson news that came out today? I was very triggered by it because the fucking video was from TMZ Sports. Yeah, they released – it was two videos. It was the one of of the initial arrest, and then there was the one of him in the cop car where he's just, yeah, that's cool, man. Just doing your job. Just doing your job. I didn't hear that part. He's like Gabo's brother. (laughs) He was like, like, I really appreciate you, man. Yeah, you just ruined 20 years of my life, all the hard work I put in. Really appreciate it. The cop goes, hey, you're welcome, man. He goes, yeah, appreciate it. He's just angry drunk guy, like, right. you know, passive aggressive drunk frat <laughs> guy. But yeah, it, it wasn't a good look. Like, it, the, no. the initial news was, ah, drunk tank, you know? Yeah. But like, once you see the whole ordeal with him and the cops, it was more like, if I'm an NFL team, I'm probably even more like, yeah, minus. A yeah, few we're taking a little there. bit off that. But, I mean, yeah. and, and I think that's probably deserving because of the fact that, like, now listen, I've, I've talked my way out of handcuffs before in college like i was out my he had one of them and i was just doing a little dance and and i got out of him and i got to go home and i shout out to that guy if you're ever listening so thank you for that but stetson like stetson sitting there making comments about like 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 i can't even move these yeah. these, these oh my these, god how tight are these handcuffs rested dude like what are you like, well and the crazy part is marler they were gonna let him go he lost his cell phone he was like, they're like, look, if you just find your phone and call your buddy Owen Condon to come get you, we're going to, we'll let you go. But eventually the cops like, look, if we can't find your cell phone, we're going to have to bring you to the drunk tank. Right. And so dumbass on him to get so piss ass drunk in a city where he knows barely anybody Anyone. loses his cell phone, banging on doors that he doesn't know where he, where he's supposed to go. Like that's on you, bro. Bad decision. Yeah. yeah I agree with that. Um, all right. So the draft's coming up. We talked a little bit about that. We're not going to get into Colin Coward and any of the shit that he said. Um, do you want to take some questions from the audience? Uh, we've got a couple more topics to get into. I, so you brought up this earlier. Um, and and Jalen Carter continues to be a um, polarizing individual, I'll say. Um, I was talking to one of my friends who covers, uh, um, what do you call it? Just football for the Bears uh, up in Chicago. And she brought up a good point um, when talking to some NFL defensive line coaches throughout the league because, you know, the Bears are at nine now and they're trying to figure out who they're going to get and this and that. Um, and the question has become, if Jalen Carter's there, who takes him? Because Jalen Carter, I still say, is the best – he like the best player in this draft. Like, I mean I – had, he... I had somebody who's pretty connected tell me this week, don't believe – all the smoke screens, he will not go past 15. Like he, oh, fuck no. like, well, well, but no, like there was people saying like, he's going to slide right. back. Like one of the mock drafts said, I'm going like 29th overall. There's like no if, fucking way. the saints will trip over themselves to get that card in. If, yeah. if he's there at 29, but like trip over themselves trying to trade or draft anyone, but him at that time. Yeah. I think, he, I think he goes top 10 at the worst. Like yeah. Ninth or 10th. The, the comment that was made was from another um, coach, and they said, like, because that's like, that's the big thing here, is, right? Is like player comp. Who is he? The only one I've seen is, is Aaron Donald. But the consensus that I got from this person who's talked to a bunch of people in the league was, what's the player comp? And they said, there is none. There isn't one for this guy. His hands, his hips, his get off, it's like all that kind of stuff. Um, 
I don't, I don't know if there is one. I mean, like, like, like Anthony or like, I'm sorry. Um, Aaron Donald is a generational talent at that position. Like, I'm not saying that Jalen Carter's better by any means, but physically they're very different. Like there, there might not be a comp for this guy. Um, and there's I, like, I'm, I'm with you, man. There's just no fucking way he lasts at like past 10. I would, I would pump the brakes on, on an Aaron Donald comp because right. Aaron Donald is a freaking freak. And he uh-huh. will, I think he will go down as the most dominant interior D lineman just because his, his sack totals, his ability to stop the run, disrupt all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But Jalen Carter does have some of those, uh, traits. Right. I think the best comp I saw, somebody said Warren Sapp. I would say maybe like that's his. Yeah. Well, you know, but he's more, he's a little bit more athletic than Sapp. For Sapp sure. was, he looks more athletic at least too. There, yeah. Well, there were more, there were some years where Sapp was just, uh, was just fat, but like, he's not Vince Wilfork, like no. just clogged up, clog up the middle run stopper. Like he, I think you can, you can play him on the outside. You can play him on the inside. I think like you can move him up and down that D line and, and, you know, we saw what he did against Jaden Daniels in the, in the SEC right. championship game. So. Yeah, I, I think he's versatile, and um, I think yeah, I think he's going to go real high, and I think his teammate Nolan Smith's going to go real high too. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree. Um, well, yeah, and that, I tell you what, the interesting the interesting point of all this is too is Broderick Jones is going to be, from what I believe, probably your only first round pick off that offense for Georgia. Am I wrong about that? Am I forgetting somebody? No, I think that's right. Um, Stetson won't go to later running back receiver. Yeah. Yeah. So and Darnell Washington could sneak into the first round, but I don't think he will. I don't. I yeah. Some talent to be honest. I don't think he's going to get drafted there though. The Notre Dame tight end and the Utah tight end. I think. We'll yeah. Both go yeah. first. Different Darnell, words. Darnell will be second round. Yeah. But I say that because this, I think the storyline that's interesting with Georgia on this is the fact that you have a, um, you have, What's the best way to put this? Uh, with with Keely Ringo, with Jalen Carter, and with Nolan Smith, you have a chance to have eight defensive players off of a team that could only start 11 in 2011 <laughs> be first-round draft picks and just further submit yourself as, like, the greatest defense of all time. It's insane. It's insane. Still is. Still is. So, um, all right. Let's get into something else. So I want to talk about this. I want to do this one of two ways, or I want to do this two ways. We There was a thing that was brought up this week. I think it was like from on three or something like that, or 247 Sports, talking about the best robbers in college football. So I don't want to do – Let's. you want to do best or most heated? Up to you. I'll let you pick. You said ri- best rivalries? Rivalries. I think just best. I mean, most heated falls into that category, right? Right. So, well, kind of. I, I think it's different for – in the SEC, I think it's different. Now, Yeah, Har- Harvard-Yale's a great rivalry, but it's not heated, right? It's not a great rivalry either, so. Um, <laughs> in the 1890s, it was, bro. Come at me. Bro, <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did another video. Again, you guys need to go check out TikTok because this is how I make my money now. Um, I sell feet pics, and I talk about the dumbest shit in college football imaginable. And one of them was the old oaken bucket uh, – which before we get into this, I want to tell you the history of this for a little history lesson that we've done. We'll do the, we'll re we'll reintroduce drunk history college ball. So here's what we do. I'll let you think about this when I tell you about the the old oaken bucket. Okay. Now, hey Pep. Um, so I want the best rivalry from each Power Five conference. Okay. Okay. And then I want to just do the top five overall. So I'll let you think of that, and then I will tell you guys about. One of the worst trophies in all of college football. Now, Indiana and Purdue play for a trophy. So the Big Ten actually plays. This is our new segment. I'll just say this again. We're reintroducing the segment. This is Drunk History. Trying to be more organized here on College Football Uncensored. Talk more national stuff and also do more segmented stuff. Or as I called it for my bosses today, segmentated. Which is not a word. I mix segregated and segment together, which is also wildly inappropriate. So I was very upset at myself because I said it out loud to my bosses. That being said, we used to do a a segment here called Drunk History. um, And I just like, so I love college football more than anything in this world um, besides chips and queso. And and when you talk about the the best 
rivalries and, and trophies. The Big Ten has just a crazy amount of trophy games. They have 14, which is like way more than any other conference. Okay. All the trophies are kind of shitty. There's like, and like also, I didn't know this, but I did some research on it. Um, like there's two Paul Bunyan themed trophies. And I don't, I don't know who needs to hear this, but Paul Bunyan wasn't a real fucking person. Okay. He wasn't a real person. You sure? I'm positive. You're thinking of the brawny man. Also What's not real. Who's on that belt ball trophy? Is somebody on it? Yeah, the one that where uh, Houston and Auburn played. The, oh, that's the Birmingham Bowl. That is very different. Was that it? Well, one of them they they it's a big naked dude holding like a stick. It's a trophy. Oh, the 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 iron guy. Yeah. What the hell? That's is that the Birmingham Bowl? What is that? Is that Paul Bunyan? I think it's the Vulcan. The uh... <laughs> Hold on. I just imagine like having like this group of like eighteen to twenty two year old like athletes come off the field this fucking <laughs> statue of david little dick out is like on this thing like why would we why like i don't i don't want to hold it i don't want to hold it like just give it back some ceo of some oil companies like here you go gentlemen what if they did that <laughs> what if they did that but it was like like i would love to have just some like out-of-pocket old-ass dude like like it's because it's always like on behalf of everyone here at spirit airlines we want to thank all of you. Sorry the game started three days late because we couldn't coordinate the travel and all that. But we have to get rid of that shit, by the way. Like, And shout out to Gary Stoken. He does an awesome job with the awesome Chick-fil-A job. Bowl and all that. He's like the one exception. But some yeah. of these bowls and stuff, they're like, like they do with the national championship. They're like, this game is presented by Visa, and now the assistant executive vice president for Visa will come out like, who the hell are you? Get out of here. season from both teams. would like to also <laughs> say congratulations first and foremost to TCU Froghorns. Uh, the Horn Frogs. Yeah, they always get something wrong. Gary. Um, not Gary. Gary Token does do a good job. But I was going to say, was, I would love for just once somebody to be like, like it's just a super eccentric old ass owner that's like, you know, we're, you know what we should do? Um, for the trophy, I'm thinking just a, a, a naked version of me in like the word, like, and like, not like standing proud. Like I'm like hunched over on a couch. Like that's just the whole trophy. It's just like this fucking, it's brought to you by cheese. It's just a fucking naked dude on the couch with a box of cheese. It's next to him. That would be, I mean, it's, it wouldn't be incredible. It's not the word for it. All right. Back to the trophy game. Here is your story on the old Oak and Bucket. I don't know how I have a job. This is incredible. All right, the old oaken bucket. Now, like, I just want you to raise a finger every time I tell you a fact that you don't know. Because the story is crazy. Indiana and Purdue have been playing college football games against each other every year since 1892. The first six years, Purdue failed to score a single fucking point in the entire rivalry. They lost one year, one to nothing. Think about what I just said. They lost their first six games. I, Indiana beat them by 60-plus points. They scored over 60 in five of the first six and then won in one of the other years. Now, in 1925, they were trying to figure out a way, like, how do we make this rivalry game even less interesting? And they're like, we need to have a trophy. So they got distinguished alumni from each side to meet in Chicago in the offseason and say, let's come up with a trophy to play for. Here we go. So they're going through the trophy ideas and somebody was like, what is more um, like Illinoisan, I guess, because they're both in Illinois. No, they're in Indiana. Why do they meet in Chicago? I don't even understand this now. <laughs> this whole thing got even more confusing. Central location. Yeah. So so they they meet there. They're like, we should do what is more Hoosierish. Like, that wasn't the word, but it was like Hoosier, Hoosierin or whatever than an old bucket. And then instead of being like, all right, let's make a bucket. Or like, what if it's like a bucket made of gold? Or like, what the fuck ever? Someone was like, no, it needs to be real. We need to go find the perfect bucket. So they sent like a crew out to go find the perfect bucket all throughout the fucking woods. Like Hansel and Gretel or the fucking Red Riding Hood. They're looking for this bucket. They go like well diving and they find it. And they pull it up and like, that's it. That's the old oaken bucket. Like, one, it's that or the fact that, like, 
whoever was in charge of bringing the bucket to the first function they needed the bucket at, he was like, fuck, I totally forgot. I totally forgot. I got to come up with a backstory and I got to go buy home goods real quick. And so he does this and then they're like, you know what we should do? Every team that wins, we're going to put a, a, a big old chain attached to it and we're going to put a P or an I every single time attached to this like charm bracelet basically for whoever wins. And they did. And they've been doing it ever since 1925. My favorite fact of the whole thing is this is the dumbest fucking trophy. And I've said this to you guys on here before. <laughs> the first year they played, they came to a 0-0 tie. So who got the bucket? No one. Even the fucking bucket didn't want to go home with one of these teams. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It's got, it's got a bunch of I's and P's attached right. to it. And they're not small. Like, no, there was no part of this that was thought out. And they were like, that'll make it easier. That's more efficient. It was like. I don't know how big should they be probably about what's maybe like this big like it's crazy it's yeah, crazy the, the, what's and, even crazier is seeing the pictures of of players actually happy celebrating holding it up yeah there's just there's so many bad ones there, like there's another one too that I, it might be like the little brown jug it's not the little brown jug it's something between michigan state and somebody and, Min- and minnesota like, has one minnesota has one real shitty one that's the old the brown jug. Okay, that's it. They're all housewares from fucking the Great Depression. That's all it is. <laughs> so like, like for real, it's like, <laughs> it's like, like if you were going to somebody's cookout and they were like, "What should I bring?" It's like, I don't know. Do we have any Tupperware? Like, what do you fucking? I don't know. <laughs> like, so anyway. Well, the it's. I mean, the, the SEC's had some that like that, that are manufactured. Like they made LSU and and Arkansas the golden boot. Like that was manufactured. That was. Like, do you know how much stupid. the boot weighs? No, I know it's very heavy, 175 pounds. But go ask if any any player on Arkansas or, or LSU if they give a damn about that. Trophy. They don't. Like, no, nobody. I've always said it's one of the that. worst trophies, only because it's four feet tall and it's 175 pounds. But then also, it's only worth, um, it's only worth like ten thousand dollars somehow. But it's supposedly <laughs> made of 24 karat gold, so it's like. Whoever sold it to him was like hard up for some like that had to be a, like a pawn store, right? Like a pawn shop. Like yeah, if you're if you're gonna have a trophy for a rivalry, like it's got to be something prized that people want. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I feel like the Big Ten. They one of isn't one of them. It's just like a a, a boat oar. Like it's just they're holding up the oar. That's like that's Georgia Florida. Georgia Florida is an or? where you win, you win like the athletic director's virginity or something like that, which is a very <laughs> the athletic director's firstborn daughter. <laughs> just holding up a baby like King Solomon, like cut it in half. It's a tie. Um, just this is so we've gone off the rail. <laughs> All right, so here's the thing. Um, that's the history of the old Oaken Bucket. Let's do best rivalry from each conference. I'll start. We'll start with. Um, we'll say the SEC for last, obviously. Big 12, I think the best rivalry in the Big 12 is OU Texas. I don't think it's even close. Yeah, you're right. But that one is coming to the SEC very soon. So sure you have a different one. It's going to be an SEC. Well, no, I don't. But you're right. Oh. I mean, like, that's the premier one in the Big 12. But keep in mind, we got the Big 12s adding Cincinnati and Houston and BYU and UCF. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, it's. Will TCU UCF be the new premier Big Twelve rivalry game? Like Baylor TCU is not a bad rivalry at times. Like they've, they've had one. games where it's been good. And the thing is, too, Fort Worth and Waco. Like people don't know this, but Fort Worth, where where TCU is. So so in <laughs> this is a true story. More history for you. Fort Worth, where they built this this um, campus. Within ten years, they they left town. Like they, they were, they bought this campus and it was supposed to be a Christian college and it was, it was modeled after something. And when they, when they got there, like there was like, it became a boom town and all these like fucking cowboys and bootleggers or whatever started open like casinos and bars. And it wasn't along with the Christian stuff that like they had originally wanted like their values to be based on and all that kind of stuff. So they just left. They got like cucked out of their own campus and were like told to leave, went to Waco and opened up a campus there. So they had their campus was in the same town as as Baylor. And then wow. and then somehow the their entire college caught on fire and they had to go back to Fort Worth. 
No, that's that's intriguing because I think I mean even Bedlam is a good one, but we're losing. That's that. good. They're Oklahoma's losing, leaving. Yeah. So I don't know, man. That's that's an intriguing one. Like the simple answer right now is OU Texas, but in a year that will be different. And so yeah. I don't know. Texas Tech versus somebody, Kansas State versus somebody. I don't know what the premier rivalry is going to be. Good point. Yeah. I mean, if Kansas State – I mean, Kansas State and Kansas will never draw attention. Bedlam is a good one, but you're right. That is going to change. Uh, Pac-12, what is it for you? I mean, I'm told USC, UCLA is still the the premier, but right. that one has been so irrelevant in football. It, it's it's interesting. It's, it's considered a non-conference. Um, you know, because Notre Dame's not in a conference. They're one foot in the ACC, one foot out. Right. But, like, USC-Notre Dame is a fun rivalry. It's just mm-hmm. I don't – it doesn't get classified as a Pac-12 rivalry because Notre Dame's not in there. Yeah, we can do that. We can, we can, I mean, like, we can make shit that. I like that. Um, for me, Oregon-Oregon State is pretty good. The Apple Cup is good. But Washington-Oregon is it is one that, like, those two fan bases are pretty rabid for um, for the uh, the conference in general. They're, they're pretty similar to the SEC. In terms of that, I think that's probably my favorite one, just because it's it's been kind of one sided for a long time. But it's like two teams that it seems like they're always somewhat relevant. Well, and the and the two that have been shit as of late, but like Arizona versus Arizona State mm-hmm. for like hottest fan bases, that is right. premier. Like, yeah, if you've ever been like I, I went to Arizona State's campus years ago, and I immediately regretted not going there. Yeah, for college. The like, campus itself sucks. I think on the application, they're like, are you an eight or higher? <laughs> if you're a female, if you're a seven, you got to go to fucking Oregon or something. But yeah. like, if you're an eight plus, I really, you, Arizona I State. you could have said Oregon State and I would have high fived you through the screen. Oh, um, wow. No, they have twos go to Oregon State. Boom. Roasted. Um, anyway, okay. So that's Pac 12. So big, big 10. It's clearly, uh, Michigan and and uh, what do you call it? Uh, and Ohio State. Yeah. I'll tell you another one though. Michigan, Michigan State is good. They do play for a Paul Bunyan Trophy. Um, and I tell you, I don't really mind like Wisconsin and whoever, like because it's it, like Wisconsin. If it's played I do. In- why? Because <laughs> this games always suck. Wisconsin always brings you into the dirt, and it's like 10-7 at halftime. Yeah, you don't love that defense, brother. <laughs> it's, it's, it's never defense either. It's it's just I, like Beth Moens is always calling the games. It's like noon. <laughs> that, that's probably what we should have done was the rankings of like what people hate the most because Beth Moens is probably up there. Beth Moens um, always gets Maryland Northwestern at eleven a.m. It's just so yeah. bad. <laughs> that's that's really good. All right, ACC. I will say. I like. We, I'm not going to include Notre Dame in this one. I think the easy one is to say um, Florida State Miami, but I don't think it's that great anymore. And you don't even sell it out every time. Florida State Clemson is great, but also like, oh, excuse me. Um, I really, really, really like like uh, UNC and NC State. I always think it's like a really good game. I feel like I never see it, but like it's, it's like always a bottom line score on a rivalry weekend. Like, oh shit. Like, and, and high scoring, usually always. like in the 40s. Um, like 38 to 35. And it's like, oh, what a game. Like, like it's like nine minutes left in the third. See, I was going to go like Duke, North Carolina is the best rivalry of the ACC, but it doesn't yeah. translate to football as much. But mm-hmm. every other sport it does. And we know how big a deal it is in basketball. Yeah. I have a, one of my, my co-hosts on the radio. He's a, he's a Virginia Cavalier. He will tell you Virginia, Virginia Tech is. Yeah one that like people give a damn about and that's that's a pretty big one and so i mean the the acc's got several i mean traditionally miami florida state when both those programs are good there's nothing better than that one i'm kind of with you like whoever clemson's like if clemson's playing a ranked acc team those are fun and and in recent years it's been clemson florida state i wish georgia tech would get back to it but i i do agree with you on that i think that's pretty good pepper shut up um i also feel like there was someone else i was missing oh another fun fact for you do you know the only time that the Rose Bowl wasn't played in the Rose Bowl? Do you know where it was played? It was an ACC school. It was in 1942. It wasn't played in the Rose Bowl. I mean, was it still somewhere in California, like Pasadena? or the uh, ACC. Oh, is it, what, they went to the East Coast? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's stupid. Duke. Really? Yeah. You imagine, like, because even in the Rose Bowl, it was, like, still cool, and you're going to Pasadena, California, to so taking, like, a fucking – 
three week long train ride from like so we could watch Harvard and Alabama play. But like, yeah, they they went to Durham, which is kind of interesting. So um, SEC for me, it's it will always be George Auburn. Really? Always. Yeah, it's just the, it, it's like hardest hitting. I love it. I love I I love it less now because it's very one sided. Georgia's beat them fourteen out of the last seventeen years, I think. Um, but it used to be such a hard hitting game. The rivalry is very very like like split down the middle. Um, I get I get that, but to to me it's I it's Iron Bowl number one, and and honestly Georgia Florida to me is number two. Really? Okay. Um, that's just that's just my opinion. I I get the Georgia. Auburn thing. I, I respect people who think that's that's one of the most important ones. But to me, the Iron Bowl is just all we we've seen. When Auburn has been down, they still have had those games where they've given Bama fits. Yeah, and it's come down to the wire. And that one to me is just the one like the bad blood on both sides. We've had trees murdered over it, Marler. We've had people murdered over that rivalry. The they Iron Bowl playing it for forty years because of all the ba- the beatings and stabbings and murders that happened after the game. The Iron Bowl is the premier, and I would probably put it ahead of Michigan-Ohio State. I think the Iron Bowl is the highest. All right, well, so that being said, give me your top five rivalries in college football. Because I, I did this earlier for most heated, and I, I think we're going to have different answers. I, I'm going to give you most heated. You can give me the best. Yeah, I, I put the Iron Bowl number one. I put Michigan-Ohio State two just because of what it means to those teams. Like, literally, right. your sports year is ruined. You still think about Auburn losses as a Bama fan, right? Like, no, I don't still, think about anything that I've, I've I've regretted from the past. When I've interviewed Greg McElroy, that the Cam Newton game still haunts him. He it's still his face gets all, more than the kick six. His face gets all red. He loses all the freckles in his face. He gets so angry just even thinking about that game. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan. Look at what that game has meant these last couple of seasons. So, like, uh, I read a. Uh, Kirk Herbstreit's book, by the way, it's all about how much he grew up hating Michigan and, and, and you know, Ohio State, how it's bred in you. So those to me are the top two. I probably put Oklahoma, Texas, number three on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest fill it out however you want. Miami, Florida, you know, put, put, put whatever you want there. But those are the three. Um, I know my, my Texas friends, they talk all year long about we got to beat OU. We got to beat OU. We got to yeah. beat OU. So. Those are the one, the ones that last year round. Those are the rivalries that mean the most. Um, for me, I had most for most heated. Um, Texas OU because they do that as a year round thing. And also, here's the thing too with, with Texas is there's like like in the SEC that hatred gets split up. Like Georgia fans hate Florida the most. Bama fans hate, I guess Auburn the most. <laughs> I mean, I guess like, I, like, like also Tennessee, like probably Tennessee more right now. Cause like, you know, they've beaten Bama or beaten Auburn three years in a row and all kind of shit. And Tennessee um, too. What's the, what's the lyrics? Fuck Tennessee, dude. Dixieland delight. Just, I fucking, I cannot wait for LSU and Tennessee to get. Against the, the wall. <laughs> that is the weirdest. <laughs> like here's, here's something about me that I hate is cliches and cliche songs. Like the, what is the one like Hank Williams Jr.'s like, and if you let me, let me, let me, let yeah. me, shut you, the fuck up. Ne- just never, you never even call me by my name. Let me, let me, let me. <laughs> I fucking hate that so much. So anyway, that being said, um, I the song think- needs a third verse. So I wrote this <laughs> one, you know. <laughs> like every every fucking Garth Brooks song because he never wrote any of his own fucking songs anyway. He's like, you know what I think this song needs? I don't know. The, the first verse you've actually contributed to it, Garth? Anyway. Dude, in 1992, Garth yelling, you can kiss my ass. That was like epic peak country music. <gasps> oh, my God. Dude? Blow the roof off the place. Dude, so when that the, he came up with that double album, him live in 95, I we I, we had the cassette, but I mean, like, played that thing till the fucking – Tape rolled off, or I don't know favorite, how. Favorite favorite Garth song, by the way. This is how you know somebody's personality. What's your favorite Garth Brooks song? Red Strokes. <laughs> that song sucks. Fuck you! It's like the best. What? <laughs> the one with the paint and the music. Oh, video. Red Strokes. <laughs> that song sucks. I don't know what. Wait, what? That's like a first off. Fuck you, Gordy. That's like a deep. <laughs> that's like no one else thinks. Fuck you, Gordy. <laughs> what? Uh, the answer was the river. The river is what yeah, we're yeah, looking yeah. for. All right. Standing Friends outside of, the fire is pretty good. Friends of low places, rodeo. Right. 
Even uh, uh, two pina coladas, underrated. This one, yeah, yeah. So bring me Garth live. I will say he's an experience. Top I saw I, I, I saw him at LSU last year. Nothing top called oh, yeah. live. That was ridiculous. I will say, um, like I've seen the Who, I've seen the Stones a bunch of times. I've been to some really good concerts. Like I I'd like I was always say this too. I went to like Bonner. I remember in 08. I remember seeing like back to back to back. I saw BB uh, King, Metallica, and Pearl Jam. Then Kanye West. Like it was like fuck. That was like a Saturday. It was like fucking insane. Um, but but yeah, Garth is a top three to five concert. I cannot believe you showed on the red shirts like that. Did somebody somebody need to go to my Instagram and look at look at the uh, somebody posted a video today that was like nobody. And then it was like CMT at seven a.m. on a Tuesday morning in the nineties. And it was like this kid with like Down syndrome who's like his face is all bloodied, and he's like on this like dirt track, and you and it's like ends up being a Garth Brooks video, and he's like, "Oh, let him!" He's like, "Let he's got to finish," and it's and they cut to Garth Brooks in one of those weird ass like, "What if we did like a button down, <laughs> but with squares that cover up every angle yeah. of and, his." And no- his core and no tie a medallion with two shoestrings hanging down <laughs> whoever invented the bolo necktie that's a class project they showed up late for and they were like i don't fucking know i've got a jaded <laughs> piece of turquoise and i took out one of my shoestrings i'm gonna somehow make a necklace and they're like oh man cool G- give me your belt buckle there's a market for that <laughs> all right let's close with this my top five most heated cultural rivalries honorable mention vault twitter versus the world for one um, most heated two I've got, um, I will say, fuck, I kind of want to say, I'll say Bama, Tennessee. I'll say Bama, Tennessee. This is gonna be an SEC heavy list. I, now. F- I forgot about the egg bowl. I got to throw the egg bowl in this honorable mention. Not even close there. So most heated for me. Okay. Most heated. That's why I have it at five at four. I have. Marla versus UGA fans is not far off. At four, I have Georgia, Florida. At three, I have the Iron Bowl. At two, I have Michigan, Ohio State. And at one, the Egg Bowl. There's because and here's why. There's nothing else happening in that state. Like there's, <laughs> and I'm not saying it to be dickhead or be a dickhead, but it's like there's nothing else happening in that state. They hate each other. They Marler. The what? Iron Bowl is still ahead of that. There, you know why you, the Iron Bowl loses it? Why? Hunter Johnson. He ruined it. Hunter Johnson <laughs> ruined the Iron Bowl because he said, and this became a whole thing. And and I've said it too. In 2017, Alabama was the number one team in the country for 11 straight weeks. They had one loss dating back to Clemson, which happened with one second left in 2016. They won the Natty in 2015. They go in 2017. They're undefeated the whole year. And they lose by double digits to Auburn, and they still won the national title. And the Iron Bowl didn't even matter that year. They didn't play in the SC championship game, they, and they still won a natty. And that became a, a running point of talking shit to Auburn fans. And the other part of it, too, is some asshole back in the day, they play for a trophy, and he put the word sportsmanship in the trophy name. And it's not the most heated. It's not. like, And it's also very one-sided. It's very one-sided. Like, fuck Auburn when we play them. Their fans are, are, are lovely. They're yeah, well, Hugh Freeze is back in the SEC, brother, and uh, he's about to own that Iron Bowl. So yeah, hide your kids, right. hide your wealth. So there's that. Um, all right, Gordy, this is a treat as always. Um, thank you so much. We might have you again on Thursday, whether you like it or not, because I haven't booked anybody else while Tyler's out of town. Um, you got to come up with the topic, so now Super Mario Brothers. Will do we buy the movie? Will we go see it? That'll be the topic. Okay. <laughs> also. Trump arrested. What 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 does it mean for you and I? We'll discuss on Thursday. Five assassinations. <laughs> like, like we were joking about this off air about like trying to start like YouTube channels and shit. And it's always the weirdest shit. Like, All right, guys, I'm Caleb, and here's my top five presidential assassinations. Uh, <laughs> What's up, guys? We're gonna be talking about my top three Fox News shows. Here we go. <laughs> Number three, I got Tucker. You know. <laughs> All right, we're done. Tell everybody where they can find you. You guys have been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us in the comments. All the good shit. Gordy, cannot say thank you enough, man. As always, love you to death. But uh, plug all your stuff. Tell everyone they can find you. 
Yeah, locked on locked on SEC is a, is the podcast. But follow me on Twitter at Chris Gordy. I'm trying to get the follower count back up, and uh, and then I guess go follow Vern Funquist without an E because uh, he needs some some followers there too. Oh, no, we have breaking news. Uh oh. Carson Beck got a tattoo. Okay. <laughs> what is the what is the tattoo? On his lower left calf. On his lower left calf, right above his ankle, he has a rocket ship taking off with a bunch of clouds and smoke circling all the wording. And it just says, sky is the, above the rocket ship, and then limit under it. Wow. I'm just seeing that. So Brock Kinnegrad for Heisman? or That's not going to look good when he's like 65. That's going to look really weird. Think about that with varicose veins popping through it. Ugh. By the way, how laid back is Carson Beck? I mean, this dude, the hair just pushed back. He looks super looks chill. Like super yeah, chill. He looks like Mar from Home Alone. He looks like shit. Damn, Brock Vandergriff is way different than I thought he would look. He's got red hair. He looks like he works at like the front desk at AutoZone or something. Yeah, he's 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 from Athens or Prince Prince Avenue. All right, plug your stuff. We got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, just at Chris Gordy on Twitter, locked on SEC, wherever you get your podcast. All right, guys, thank you so much. I wasn't following you. Um, make sure you uh, follow along. Like I said, Burn Fun Quiz, all that kind of stuff on Twitter. Make sure you're also subscribed to the YouTube stuff. Really appreciate it. Go follow the uh, TikTok stuff for SDS as well. Love you all to death. We'll see you on Thursday. Y'all have a great, great next two days. Bye.